0: Will you bow your heads with me? Father, what a confusing task to wrap our minds around what it is that you've done. We can't still ourselves far enough, we can't get our minds big enough. Our hearts cannot contain all that You have done for us. Father, You take everything, everything, even this day, and we call it good. For You are, with everything that You touch, with everything that you say, with all that you are reclaiming, our lives included. Amen. Just before the Passover feast, Jesus knew that the time had come to leave this world and to go to the Father. Having loved his dear companions, he continued to show love right to the end. It was supper time. The devil by now had Judas, son of Simon the Iscariot, firmly in his grip, all set for the betrayal. Jesus knew that the Father had put him in complete charge of everything, that he had come from God and was on his way back to God. So he got up from the supper table, set aside his robe and put on an apron, and he poured water into a basin and began to wash the feet of the disciples, drying them with his apron. When he got to Simon Peter, Peter said, Master, you wash my feet? Jesus answered, You don't understand now what I'm doing. But it will be clear enough to you later. Peter persisted, You're not going to wash my feet ever. Jesus said, If I don't wash you, You cannot be a part of what I'm doing. Master, said Peter, then not only my feet, wash my hands, wash my head. Jesus said, if you've had a bath in the morning, you only need your feet washed now, and you're clean from head to toe. My concern, you understand, is holiness, not hygiene. So now you're clean but not every one of you. He knew who was betraying him. That's why he said, not every one of you. After he had finished washing their feet, he took his robe, put it back on, and he went back to his place at the table. And he said, Do you understand what I have done for you? You address me as teacher and master, and rightly so, that is what I am. So if I, the master and teacher, washed your feet, you must now wash each other's feet. You see, I've laid down a pattern for you. What I've done, you do. I'm only pointing out the obvious. A servant is not ranked above his master. An employee doesn't give orders to the employer. If you understand what I'm telling you, act like it. And your life will be blessed. I'm not including all of you in this. I know precisely whom I've selected so as to not interfere with the fulfillment of this scripture. The one who ate bread at my table turned on his heel against me. I'm telling you all this ahead of time so that when it happens you will believe that I am who I say I am. Now make sure you get this right. Receiving someone I send is the same as receiving me. Just as receiving me is the same as receiving the one who sent me. After he said these things, Jesus became visibly upset. Then he told them why. One of you is going to betray me. The disciples looked around at one another, wondering what on earth he was talking about. One of the disciples, the one Jesus loved dearly, was reclining against him, his head on his shoulder. Peter motioned to him to ask Jesus who he might be talking about. So being the closest, he said, Master, who? Jesus said, the one to whom I give this crust of bread after I've dipped it. Then he dipped the crust and gave it to Judas, son of Simon the Iscariot. As soon as the bread was in his hand, Satan entered him. What you must do, said Jesus, do. Do it and get it over with. No one around the supper table knew why he had said this to him. Some thought that since Judas was their treasurer, Jesus was telling him to buy what was needed for the feast. That he should give something to the poor. Judas, with the piece of bread, left. It was night. When he had left, Jesus said, Now the Son of Man is seen for who He is, and God seen for who He is in Him. The moment God is seen in Him, God's glory will be on display. In glorifying Him, He Himself is glorified. Glory all around Children, I am with you only for a short time, longer. You're going to look high and low for me. But just as I told the Jews, I'm telling you, where I go, you are not able to come. Let me give you a new command. Love one another. In the same way I loved you, love one another. And this is how everyone will recognize that you are my disciples. When they see the love that you have for each other. Simon Peter asked, Master, just where are you going? Jesus answered, You can't follow me where I'm going. Later you will. Master said, Peter, why can't I follow now? I'll lay down my life for you. Really? You'll lay down your life for me? The truth is, Peter, that before the rooster crows, you'll deny me three times. As John 13 starts, beginning of this final episode in Jesus' life, it says that Jesus now showed them the full extent of his love. Other translations say then he loved them to the end. The term in the text is ace telos, to the end, to the fulfillment of everything that it was meant to be, to arrive at love's fullest potential, to see it all the way through, to the end of time and to everything that it's created for. Telos has like a purposeful ending embedded in its meaning. All the way to the end of love. Jesus talked about this sacrificial love that we must have for one another and then even in his last hours and if you or I have ever been through anything difficult this is the hardest time to ever be concerned about somebody else. In all of our most difficult struggles we want to be the recipient of other people's attention their mercy and maybe even their pity. We tunnel in on ourselves in our weakest moments. We have such a hard time having any regard for anyone else. And in the discourse that follows, Jesus points his attention to and names the Father 48 times in the next three chapters. He is obsessed with the other. Five separate mini-sermons unfold in the next three chapters on the work of the Holy Spirit and how incredible it is going to be when Jesus is gone and he comes. Jesus returns back to the thesis statement in his last words to everyone, and again, the topic of conversation is A love. An other directed, self sacrificing, self denying love. It keeps coming back in the text. He demonstrates it, of course, physically by taking the lowest seat in the place. He, he assigns to himself the most meaningful of tasks. Washing someone's feet in first century Israel was considered so disgusting that by law not even Jewish slaves were allowed to do it. And then when he gets done this absolutely humiliating act, then he puts it on the disciples and says, and you have to do this too for each other. That if you want to be in me and you want a part of this. If you want to walk out the grave with me on Easter Sunday morning. Then this is the path. In the following verses right after what I had read. He says, I am the way and the truth and the life. This is the way it will take. Yesterday in a college campus halfway around the world, 147 students shot dead. As Christians were asked to identify themselves out of the crowd, more lives laid down. And love will be tested again. These types of headlines seem to be daily occurrences lately in the world that we live And this love is being tested. We are being asked again and again, which way do you choose? Peter in the garden still doesn't get it. He swears he's not going to deny Jesus and only moments later when Malchus comes up, he takes out his sword and he cuts off his ear. And Jesus, even in this moment of Peter's about to denial and Judas' betrayal and everybody one by one falling away from him, he heals his enemy and rebukes his friend. Peter, you still don't get it. This is not the love that will transform the world. Now I'm going to show you what it looks like taken to its utmost. There is one thing that can change and transform everything and I'm about to show you. He says. It baffles me that throughout this time that Jesus is just continually healing others restoring others correcting them pointing to the father he's showing us such an incredible way of love that is a path of life this whole passage of chapter 13 through 17 is some of my favorite in all of scripture and every easter season i go back through it i thought i knew it and then i saw something in this text this week i've never seen before In chapter 13, verse 34, Jesus says, A new command I give you, love one another. I hate to break it to you, Jesus, but this isn't new. You've been talking about this for quite some time now. Love one another? This has sort of been your chorus and it started a long time back, and even in fact, when you were asked to summarize everything that is the law, when you were tested in this moment, we were there, we heard you say it. You quoted Deuteronomy 6, verse 5, love the Lord with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength, and then you threw in Leviticus 19, 18, and love your neighbor as yourself, and you said all the law and the prophets hang on this, like that's, that's the final statement, and that's the one I can't measure up to. I don't love my neighbor as myself. I don't want the same thing for their children that I want for me. I don't want the same opportunities. I continually default to believing in the economy of the world and a finite amount of resources that I need to get what is mine, I need to protect what is mine. I don't self-deny, I self-protect over and over and over again. My love is so selfish. I haven't been able to live up to that command. And now you're going to remind me again. A new command I give you. Love one another. Love your neighbor as yourself. Yeah, we've, Judah, Jesus, we've heard this. Love your neighbor as yourself. With all that you are, with everything you've got, you've got to love. But this is the new command. Did you catch it in what Jesus says following? A new command I give you, love one another. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Love with everything we've got. We've heard that. As I have loved you, you must love one another. Can you hear the difference? Love with everything you've got. That's what we thought he said. And now at the last moment he says one more thing and the stakes are raised so much higher. Not love with everything you've got. Now he says love with everything I've got. You don't just love others like you love yourself. Love everyone as I love them. Anyone who ever thought a sermon on love when a little soft has to admit that we are baffled at that one. Love with everything. Wait, 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 there's more. Like a late night infomercial. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Wait, there's more. Wait, there's more, and he keeps just ramping this up again and again, Jesus, you've given us enough, we're baffled, we don't get it, we don't fully understand, we can't wrap our minds around, the disciples still don't comprehend everything that's going, and he's still passing on one more new teaching, one more new teaching. I'm asking you, and I'm telling you now, one more command, don't just love with all you've got, love with everything I've got. Okay, well now that's just flat out impossible. As Jesus continues on in the farewell discourse and starts to get excited about what's going to happen when he leaves, a few more verses now. from John 14, verses 15 and following. If you love me, keep my commands, like that new one I just gave you. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever, the Spirit of Truth. And on that day you will realize that I am in my Father and you are in me and I am in you. Whoever has my commands and keeps them is the one who loves me. Anyone who loves me will be loved by my Father and I too will love them and show myself to them. Then Judas, not Judas Iscariot, said, but Lord, why do you intend to show us yourself and not to the world? Jesus replied, anyone who loves me will obey my teaching. My Father will love them and we will come to them and make our home with them. Jesus, we couldn't love our neighbor as ourself. And now you want us to love them as you love them, perfectly, in complete and utter self-abandon, a reckless, ridiculous, extravagant love. How do you do that? Jesus says, you know me and my Father and the Spirit, We are coming for you. We're coming to you. We're coming in you. And we're coming through you. You want to know how you can love the world with all that I am, Jesus says, and not just with all that you are? I'm going to come and love everybody through you. I will give you gifts through the Spirit. I will give you fruit through the Spirit. And all of these things that I've taken upon myself, I'm coming out the other side, and this is why I have to go. I have to break down the wall between heaven and earth, I've got to break down the wall between life and death, and what I'm taking from the other side, I'm gonna come back and bring through you, and then you will fear nothing. I will go into the heart of hell, and I will suck the life out of it, right out of the middle, and I hold the keys of death and Hades in my hand, and now I share with you the inheritance of the kingdom for all of you, and I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you, he says. Every time Jesus, somewhere along the line in the Gospels, encounters a demon, they shriek in terror, they are terrified of him. The first story, Mark chapter 1, I know who you are, the Holy One of God, have you come to destroy us? They shriek, they scream, they're afraid, they're terrified. I wonder what happened and what this sounded like in hell that morning on Easter Sunday, What the shriek and the scream and the terror would have sounded like when the first realization struck. What do you mean, he's gone? All the celebration ceases, all the sick and twisted hate. He's gone. He took the keys with him? In the greatest prison break of all time? Everything that we thought was the final lock that nothing could break, death itself, is gone? gone and then Jesus comes back out the other side I just broke the wall between life and death I just broke the wall between heaven and here I just tore down the curtain in the way to enter the presence of God in a new way that the people could have never done before You came near the ark, you fall and die. No, no, no. Then God comes and stands beside us and then God comes and says, and guess what, and now I'm coming in you and through you. Will we love the world and trust God that this was his plan? This is how the world will know, Jesus says. That's the strategy, that's the game plan, that's all we got, you guys. A ridiculous, extravagant love. That's our weapon. And the evil one keeps lying. That's his. It's not true. It's not that good. He's not that powerful. You're not that new. You're not that far his. Oh, hell yeah, you are. Because it's gone. The lies need to be more dispelled. The truth needs to be more claimed as the story of the crucifixion and resurrection finds its way deeper and deeper into us. Because that's what Jesus said. We will be in you and with you and through you. And when you see the cross, may your eyes be opened just a little bit further to already see the light that is streaking through that Easter Sunday is already smirking at Good Friday. That even Death Friday couldn't be called Death Friday. It's still good. Because there is nothing that he cannot and will not reclaim. As all creation groans. The stories of death and war and destruction and hate abound. And you and I will choose again and again. Do you want revenge? Do you want the sword? Or do you want Jesus? Jesus. Please pray with me. Father, we declare that like your Son, we choose you. We choose your life. We choose your reckless love. We choose that our identity would be there. Father, for all the ways that we self-protect, for all the parts of us that we've not yet let go through the grave to come on the other side. He told Peter he couldn't follow you yet, but that later he would. Father, for all of us who are still holding something back, may this be the time for us that your Spirit calls us forward. That we have a growing awareness. of how big this is. How all-consuming. Love to the nth degree. To the end. This mystery is too big for us. We're going to need you. We weren't even good at loving our neighbor as ourself. We're giving you all of our heart and our soul and our strength. And we confess that we can't do this new command either. So we thank you and we praise you that once again, through your grace, you've promised to do it for us and now in us and through us because you went through death. Amen. Will you stand and receive a blessing? Brothers and sisters, in Jesus Christ, this death that he suffered is yours and invited into because his resurrection is also for you as well. Share in it. May it own you. May it identify you. And may it come through you for the redemption of all things, for the glory that is his and the victory that is ours. Have a beautiful Easter weekend. Amen.